Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, Director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, Council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central to explore the diverse and dynamic arts landscape in Alabama. Welcome everyone to Alabama Arts Radio, hosted by the Alabama State Council on the Arts. I am Jacqueline Viscup with the State Council, and I have with me three people from Nora's Playhouse's current production of Ashes and Ink by Martha Pichet. Nora's Playhouse is dedicated to creating opportunities for women theater artists of all generations to tell women's stories in a collaborative process that focuses on human rights, female empowerment, and breaking restrictive or negative stereotypes of women. And we have a fabulous example of that today. You're in for a treat, everyone. We have with us today Caroline Reddick Lawson, who is the artistic director of Nora's Playhouse, and she is also the director of the show. We have Mariah Riley and Chasen Marvin, who are the two lead actors in our show. And today they're going to present a scene from the play, and then we'll talk a little bit about the process. Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about this play and introduce the scene for us? Absolutely. The play is about a mother of a 20-year-old son. The mother has two years ago lost her husband and, and the son his father. And the son is still reeling from grief over the father's death. The mother is trying to get on with her life, but the problems that she's having with her son make it very hard, and that's part of the plot of the play. When the play opens, we see Quinn, the son, who has just come home from a halfway house, a, a sober living home, after 30 days in a rehabilitation facility for drug addiction. He's come home to do an audition for entrance into the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. He's a very talented actor, but he is very much still struggling with addiction. Okay, so today I have my two leads who are going to be reading Act One, Scene One. I'll read the stage directions. Lights up on Molly's city apartment, a small living room with walls of whitewashed brick. A fire escape outside the tall window also serves as a balcony. Molly rearranges framed photos and books on a shelving unit that spans one wall, reaches for a family photo and moves it to a higher shelf. She discovers a dusty DVD with a plain white cover on top and places it gently on a side table. Then she sits at a soundboard in her living room, wearing headphones. She gets up and unplugs the headphone jack. The room fills with the sound of birdsong. It's the buzzy whistle of a young song sparrow. The birdsong changes to the sound of a baby babbling. Molly smiles as she listens, turns back to the soundboard as the baby is followed by the sparrow again. She puts on the headphones. Gut-churning sounds come from down the hallway. 
<coughs> Molly hears nothing. She turns dials on the soundboard, listens, then takes off the headphones and the birdsong returns. The sound of vomiting overwhelms the song. She turns off the recording, then stands frozen. Quinn? Are you okay? Talk to me. I'm not exactly in the mood to talk. Come out here right now. Quinn stumbles in. Satisfied? You're high. I'm not high. My stomach and knots. Remember all the stomach aches I got when I was little? I'm just nervous. Stop acting like the drug police. I've been clean for 33 days. It's too risky having you out. It's not jail, Mom. Sober living is my choice. You have got to complete the program. I'll do an outpatient as soon as I get the 10000 This is not about money. But it's not yours. I earned it. And for me to decide when the time was right, which it's not. You stay with me, do the auditions, and go back in. I get into drama school, and I go to London. Please, Quinn, have you learned anything? Don't think you can do this your way. It doesn't work. You need to let those people help you. Mom, sitting in a group with assholes who don't take it seriously, curfews, you can't even have a girl to stay tonight. Can you even hear yourself? It was mayhem in there. One guy sniffing his aerosol deodorant, the guy in the bunk below me sleepwalking like a ghost. So switch rooms. They refuse. No special treatment allowed. Nobody understands how hard this is. The audition's only three days away. Be careful. Kind of a mess in here, Mom. Just leave them, please. Where are all our photos and stuff? Don't start going through everything. I've put them in a safe place so I can work better. Work better like how? I needed more room for all of the tapes. All the bird stuff? That's right. All your mother's bird stuff. Molly turns back to the soundboard and yanks out the headphone jack. It's the song sparrow again. Then the baby starts to babble. That's not a bird. It's you. I'm listening to you and a juvenile song sparrow. That's so weird. I was comparing how you sound when you're learning. So I was talking to a bird? No, to Daddy. Then where's his voice? I didn't need his voice. You shouldn't be home. I couldn't concentrate there, Mom. After learning three monologues, three. Then go back and find your powers of concentration. That's part of the test. It's not a test. And it's stacked against me in there. You always tell me to ask for help. And this is help for what? Getting these monologues locked inside my brain. I am not changing my plans for you. I'm, I'm not asking you to. We're going to Leo's. You're still seeing that guy? I'm very happily seeing that guy, thank you. And you're coming with me. No way. I'm an addict, remember? Stop it. Your boyfriend doesn't want me hanging around. Leo really enjoys your company. That's a lie. Felix adores you. Please, Mom. I haven't slept in my own bed for weeks. And Serenity House was anything but. They stand there and watch you pee. Make sure you're not pouring another guy's piss in the paper cup. People do that? Which, cheat or watch? Both, I guess. Addicts cheat, staff watch. We're leaving in an hour, and when the audition is done, you're going straight back to sober living. I'm trying, Mom, and I feel like crap. Oh, sweetie. I'm not giving you a hug. I can't give you a hug? You only want a hug when you're worried. All right.
right. Thank you all so much for that treat. Caroline, could you tell me a little bit about how this project came about? Sure. It was actually six years ago. I had just completed a show, directing a show in New York, and a good friend of mine had come to the show. She was a mutual friend of Martha Pache, the playwright. She told me about Martha and that she had a play, a script that she wanted me to look at that Norris might be interested in, and so I did. And from the first reading, I just loved it, and I knew how authentic it was because it spoke to things that I had experienced and in my life as a mother, and also it was such an interesting and beautiful story and something that was important to explore. That is the subject of addiction and grief, how it's tied in. So Norris Playhouse made a commitment to Martha to help her develop the script because it was in a really early format. So. Throughout the last several years, we had a reading, a public invited reading in New York and one in Montgomery. We've had several developmental table reads and we, you know, committed, oh gosh, at least three years ago that we would do a full production of Ashes and Ink. And we were scheduled to do it right as the pandemic happened and all the theaters got shut down. So we've had a delay of about two and a half years, actually. So that makes it all the sweeter to be able to really make it happen now. And I will say, I'm sure Martha would have gotten to this version of the script no matter when we did it, but this is the best version of the script. It's it's so sound. It's held up in rehearsal just beautifully. She was with us for the first week of rehearsals and there was some tweaking of lines here and there, but nothing, nothing big. I mean, it's, it's really has held up. That's really exciting to be able to work through that process with the playwright as it well. It is, it is, and it's a unique process because so often plays are published, they're set, you don't have the leeway of changing anything. Mariah and Chasen, can you tell us a little bit about what that process is like for you to work with a script that's in development and the playwright's there and you're part of that process? Every day's a new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess working with a playwright, this is the first time I've done a character where it really feels like, you know, you're starting from scratch. And I guess it's really fun because you can put a lot of yourself into the character and really just make it yours. And talking to the playwright, it's very... This is all just very educational, and I've enjoyed every bit of it, and just learning about addiction and taking it seriously and just being a part of this whole Nora's Playhouse. It's wonderful. I've been a part of Nora's Playhouse for, it's been a couple of years, and I was able to be a part of table readings and group readings with the playwright and with Caroline. So I've kind of been working on this character for a little while now and I've enjoyed it so much. And as Chasen just said, working with the playwright, getting to ask her personal questions about motivations and what this means to her. But also it's a huge honor to be the first person to flesh out a character and you really wanna do it proud. And I'm, I feel very connected and attached to this play. I'm really honored to be doing it. Mariah, I know that you have a personal connection to this play. Uh, would you share that with us? I would love to, thank you. As I said, I've been working on this play for a little while with the playwright and the director. And it's been such a 
beautiful experience, but also it, it hits very close to home for me. I actually am a mother of a 20-year-old son who thankfully is not struggling as much as Quinn in this play. But when you're a parent, you feel very connected to your child. And so I can really relate and understand what she's going through. But also when I was a teenager, I struggled with drug abuse and drug addictions and also found myself in rehab facilities like our young gentlemen in the play. And so I've been able to really see both sides of the mother-son conflict going on. And it means so much to me to have these conversations made and viewed and written so that we can, we can have these talks that are hard and grief as well. And Caroline was right. These are really important conversations for people to have. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Maybe both of you could share a little bit about your background in theater and how you came to this point that you're at. I mean, <laughs> I've been doing a bit of acting in my old high school, Marbury High School, shout out. <laughs> and uh, I do a bit of acting. Well, not right now, but I'm doing college at uh, AUM. And that's pretty amazing to do. I've done a couple of shows in Cloverdale Playhouse. I was in a lesson before dying. And I mean, that's kind of like my whole story. I've auditioned for this play and it was pretty good from the start. And just getting to work with these people and just hitting new horizons is fun. And meeting you guys, I mean, that's that's already a mark off my bucket list. So, yeah. <laughs> It's hard to follow Chasen because he's so charming. My name is Mariah, and I have been doing theater for a very long time. I went to Huntington College um, when I was a teenager and studied theater there. Shout out to Fiona McLeod, my theater professor. I took about 10 years off to raise my son, and when he got older, I jumped back into the theater game, and I've done a lot of local community theater, Cloverdale Playhouse, a lot of work with Nora's. It's been really fun, things in Tennessee, and it just feels home to me, and it's so much fun to be a part with Nora as we see scripts from their infancy and help develop them with the playwrights by creating a space where the playwrights can hear us performing the play, but also they get feedback from small audiences. It's so beautiful to see the creation of theater in that way and to support women, which I'm all about. So it's been great to do. Great. Well, thank you both for that. You mentioned, Mariah, the readings that you do with plays at Nora's Playhouse. So perhaps between Mariah and Caroline, you can talk about your salon series and how you workshop plays. Right. Well, for several years now in New York City, we've had a salon series once a month in various people's apartments throughout the city where new plays by women are read. And they're in various forms of revision. Some are a first draft and others are a much more polished product. It's fun to do this. It's fun to hear the new work, but it's also really helpful for the playwrights to hear their work read and then have the audience respond to it. And we always do it in a positive way. The last thing in the world we would want to do is to shut anybody down. We're all about cheering women on, but also helping them shape their scripts. That was so successful. When we started expanding Nora's Playhouse into Montgomery, we began the Nora South series. And it's the same format, 
and we were just going gangbusters for a year, and then the pandemic shut us down. <laughs> and so the, the common story here for arts organizations, but we intend to start it back up soon. It's a great way to support women playwrights. What other programs does Nora's Playhouse offer? We've had a very successful uh, playwriting workshop for teenage girls and elder women from the community that we have put on at Lanier High School in Montgomery. It's a, an underserved school, underserved population of girls who really had not had a lot of experience with theater or certainly not with trying to write a play. But we had eight teenage girls and eight women from the community, most of them over 60, one of them even close to 100 who participated. And we would meet once a week with Phaedra Foster, who taught the playwriting aspect of it. And then I was more the logistical person and the person who taught about theater techniques. And over the course of about 10 weeks, they developed a relationship with their intergenerational partner. And so they ended up telling their, their life story to each other. And the assignment was that they take something that they heard in their intergenerational partner's story and use that as the prompt to write their very short play. So Phaedra gave lessons on playwriting techniques, and by the end of each of these, we've, we've done it twice now, by the end of each of these semester-long sessions, every single mentor or elder and teenage girl wrote a short play. And we put on a reading, a public reading of them on the stage at Lanier High School with local actors. It was really, I would say, a life-changing experience for everybody in one form or fashion. In fact, just yesterday, I ran into one of the elders who had participated, and this has been like two or three years since she was part of it, but she said, I just think about it all the time and how much I got from it and how much I'd like to be involved again with something like that. So this is a program, the Nora Project, colon, uh, Women Write is the name of it, and we definitely intend to have another session of that. So we look forward to it. Oh, that's great. I love that. All right, I have one last fun question for you all. Tell me about one show or performance that you have yet to have worked on that would be a dream mm -hmm. show to work on for you. A Raisin in the Sun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I really just love that play. It's <laughs> I, I just read it every time and I just get reminded about my family. And so I'm just relating to the characters and the message of just... Uh, you know, black families at that time and black stories. I always love being a part of that and just helping. <laughs> that was a really hard question. I'm going to go with Edward Albee, a zoo story. Even though it's males, I think we could do a gender-bending version of that, and I just love Edward Albee so much. I've always wanted to direct uh, A Cat on a Hot Tin Roof by Tennessee Williams. Classics, all of you. All right. Classic American canon. Nice. Well, thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it. Caroline, let us know the dates, times of the show, where people can get tickets. Yes, it's coming up in a week and a half <laughs> from today. Uh, September 22nd through October 2nd. 
It's at the Sanctuary, 432 Goldthwaite Street in the Cottage Hills. It's at the Sanctuary, 432 Goldthwaite Street in the Cottage Hills neighborhood of Montgomery. You can go to www.norrisplayhouse.com to get tickets. You also can go to ticketstripe.com slash Playhouse as well. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $25. Student tickets are $10. And on Wednesday of the second week, I think that's the 28th, we have a free student performance, but you would need to make reservations. Well, thank you all so much. Again, we have uh, people from Nora's Playhouse here in Montgomery, uh, and also in New York. They're in both places, uh, performing a sneak preview of their production of Ashes and Ink, which opens September 22nd here in Montgomery. So get your tickets. Thank you. It's at the Sanctuary, 432 Goldthwaite Street in the Cottage Hills neighborhood of Montgomery. You can go to www.norrisplayhouse.com to get tickets. You also can go to ticketstripe.com slash Playhouse as well. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $25. Student tickets are $10. And on Wednesday of the second week, I think that's the 28th, we have a free student performance, but you would need to make reservations. Well, thank you all so much. Again, we have uh, people from Nora's Playhouse here in Montgomery, uh, and also in New York. They're in both places, uh, performing a sneak preview of their production of Ashes and Ink, which opens September 22nd here in Montgomery. So get your tickets. Thank you. Alabama Arts comes to you from the Alabama State Council on the Arts and the Alabama Center for Traditional Culture. Technical production by Deb Boykin. Series theme music, The Bounds of Beauty, written and performed by Scooter Muse.
This week on Alabama Arts, Jacqueline Viscup talks with Carolyn Reddick Lawson, director, and Mariah Riley and Jason Marvin, leads in Ashes and Ink, the current production of Nora's Playhouse. And I was able to be a part of table readings and group readings with the playwright and with Caroline. So I've kind of been working on this character for a little while now. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio. This week on Alabama Arts, Jacqueline Viscup talks with Carolyn Reddick Lawson, director, and Mariah Riley and Jason Marvin, leads in Ashes and Ink, the current production of Nora's Playhouse. Riley and Marvin perform an excerpt from the play. All three discuss the process of working with playwright Martha Pichet to develop the show. And I was able to be a part of table readings and group readings with the playwright and with Caroline. So I've kind of been working on this character for a little while now and I've enjoyed it so much. And as Chasen just said, working with the playwright, getting to ask her personal questions about motivations and what this means to her. But also it's a huge honor to be the first person to flesh out a character and you really want to do it proud. I feel very connected and attached to this play. I'm really honored 